All right, gentlemen. Welcome, everybody, to the Gents Talk podcast, a series by Gents Post. Uh, I am your host, Samir Morani. I'm joined here by co-hosts Eamon Hibeshi and Matthew Chapman. Uh, we're coming to you from the Startwell studio in beautiful Toronto. Um, I think it'd be a, a great time just to shout out some sponsors who are helping us make this possible. So uh, we got Belova, who's hooked us up with these beautiful, beautiful watches, uh, keeping us looking fresh. And uh, of course, we've got Got Style, also making the gents here look very, very fine. That's a that's a beautiful blazer. Yes, I will thank say. you. Really that's nice. a very really nice. floral shirt, Matthew. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Good for gardening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, gents, I'm going to jump right into a heavy topic today. Uh, technically, for anyone listening, this is our second episode. Our first episode was the one with Russell Peters that we filmed at the Staples Studio. Uh, that was a, a terrific interview, if I may say so myself. Not patting myself on the back, just saying Russell was fantastic to talk to. And we wanted to continue to, to go off of that. And I was thinking to myself, what would be a good conversation to to follow that up with? And some of the things, some of the topics that Russell had talked about, uh, I think, resonated the most with us when we were talking about what our next topic would be and that's toxic masculinity um and what that means and i think very briefly the gents in today's world we struggle admittedly with understanding how to navigate society and changing landscapes with what it means to be a man you know you never know if being ambitious is being toxic um, you talk to, you know, your female friends and, you know, how many times have you heard the, the statement men are trash? Um, and we're sort of facing this difficult landscape of trying to figure out how we're going to navigate it, how we're going to, to move forward, how we're going to, you know, deal with the repercussions of what's constantly changing. You're always afraid of being canceled for saying the wrong thing. You're trying to to understand admittedly i've had moments in my life where i've i could look back and say i was being very toxic as a masculine person um i had very toxic energy in the time and you sort of as you get older and you mature you you learn and you grow but uh, matthew maybe i'll kick it over to you to start how do you define toxic masculinity when you hear that term what does that mean to you to me, toxic masculinity is the need to be the most manliest person at all times. It's it's when you, no matter what it does, it's kind of getting, well, you have to define certain things. And it's weird because I think that when you are masculine, that you don't have to necessarily show it. And I find with toxic masculinity is little things when you are just trying to be the tough guy all the time when you feel like you have to, quote-unquote, be a man. And I think when you, for little things, or like when you don't have, when you want to say something is, you know, girly or something, or like showing emotions is girly, and, and that's toxic masculine because there's no definition, there's no gender for a lot of things that we want to put a gender on. Mm. I feel like that is the the problem with toxic masculinity we really try to just be the strongest and toughest all the time and not try to show emotions and always try to be tough and hide emotions why do you amen why do you think showing emotions is so hard for us 
Like, what is it that, why do we struggle? I know personally, I, you know, whenever it comes out, when you, you, know, you feel that emotion sort of rising to the surface and you're doing whatever you can just to like press it down and you, you can't show it because you don't want anybody to look down on you and think, you know, think less of you. And admittedly, sometimes when you see men show emotion, you're almost a little envious because they're so open with how they feel about something. Well, I am pretty emotional, so I I don't usually hide it, uh, to be honest. For me personally, it's just I haven't figured out how to. Sometimes, you know, to a fault where, you know, as I don't want to say as a man, but just in my experience, my first emotion is always like anger, right? If If I don't like what's happening or if I am uncomfortable or I go to like either angry at myself or just angry with the situation and it becomes that like maybe that's sort of like my shelter right protecting myself is just being sort of like angry and tough and 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 sort of like hiding behind that right uh but it is hard it is hard because you know especially in a group of guys when you're when you're sort of in that you know mentality of like you know i don't want to say locker room but you know it almost is that like you know you want to you know have that sort of shell and have that sort of you know nothing really bothers me and i'm you know calm collected you know and it's sort of seen as a weakness, right? Uh, but I think it can it can definitely be a strength if if you show emotion, you can con- sort of you know control it in the right way and use it to your advantage. Of uh, like for me, the what I do sort of uh, you know resonate with is letting emotion out in its natural state because then you're not hanging on to it and you're not it doesn't turn into like resentment and sort of like build up into you know, more toxic things in your body, which I really believe in. If, if you're holding on to anything negative, that could have a, a big effect on you on and on your health. And, and it can come out in ways, you know, worse in the future, right? So, but I think generally guys just, you know, they, you know, again, those cultural pressures of being a man and what that means and, you know, coming from, you know, a Middle Eastern background is very much, you know, man is the man and woman is the woman, right? And we... Yeah, and we have those still cultural pressures and like, what will my family think or what will this, you know what I mean? And am I being the man of the house? So a lot of that has to do with it, especially, you know, you know, when you, when you see other cultures and a lot of cultures are very similar where it's like, you know, the man has a job to do and he's supposed to protect the family and he's supposed to be the tough guy and he's supposed to teach his boys how to, how to behave that way, right? Okay, so let me ask you a question. Is there anything really wrong, though, with being the man of the household for being someone who tries to be the provider, who wants to look after his family? There's still an element, and I think sometimes we still get away from that, where in today's society, we think that expressing those kinds of things is toxic in and of itself. But being a provider for your your partner, for your kids, for your parents... That to me personally is not toxic. That's just you doing what you need to do to look after your family. I don't think that's toxic. I think it's when it's I have to be that person who provides and you as the woman have to be the one who takes care of the kids and, and when you have those generals is when it's things start to get toxic. Right? And it's like, well, if if I'm the man I'm after the provider, but let's say you get hurt or something, or let's say you marry a woman who makes more money than you. Now you feel like, why, why does that make you feel, like, well, absolutely, but like, why, why, why does that would make, I guess, the average person feel like less of a man because their their partner makes more than them? 
like and that's where why like that shouldn't matter and and on the question you were saying before with um showing emotion like a lot of times it's hard because it's not necessarily showing the emotion it's the what you receive after you show it like sometimes if if you're not my boy and i tell you like a personal situation is going to be more like who is this like you know laugh it off or even sometimes i've had situations with girls and i'm telling them a situation let's say something that they did bothered me and i'm explaining it to them oh you're being sensitive and it's like it's like well yeah, it's like at one point you want you want us as men to be, you know, show more emotion and, and be more communicative with our thoughts and be able to express our emotions in a certain way. Yet when we do it, if it doesn't fit on your schedule sometimes, it's like, oh, well, you're being sensitive. And it's, it, it's, a, it's that whole having to man up and picking when you have to. And it's like you should just be, like when one wants to complain about something, it's usually just, okay, we take it in, we'll listen to you. As a man, it's, it's we'll tough it up, figure it out. Yeah, and I think there's, it's, it should be both ways. You should be extremely sensitive and extremely, you know, you know, calm and collected and be able to handle your business and take care of the household. I do believe that, you know, for me, it's not about, you know, man or woman, you know, gender thing. But I think as a man in society, you take care of your family, you take care of the community, you take care of your, your peers and your colleagues. I mean, if we all did that, I think it'd be just a better place and it's not just because you're the man you're taking care of things or women need the man to take care of things no it's it's i think it is uh it doesn't take away from a woman's ability to do those things exactly it makes me feel good when i'm providing taking Mm. care and like i I actually enjoy that right one thing i noticed you missed was that you didn't say take care of yourself and i feel like taking care of yourself is the most important thing because once you take care of yourself you naturally will start to take care of others or at least the ones around you because you want everybody to feel as I guess well as good as you're feeling right and so it's so I feel like sometimes it's your the focus is so much on okay I gotta take care of my family I gotta take care of my kids I gotta take care of this take care of this that you're left to not be able to take care of yourself with women it works the same way it's like you know I gotta take care of the kids I gotta do all this and everybody you wanna forget about yourself and once you my like what I, what I really believe is that when, once you really start to take care of yourself the rest will start to follow through and in that, you can better, you know, take care of your partners and everybody else around you. Absolutely, I think having, I think that's the important part of having a partner too that understands that, that understands, for example, if they're in a relationship with you, and, and you want to be a provider. There's a level of, there's almost a power balance, or what's the word I'm looking for here? There has to be almost a negotiation. Communication. Yeah, communication. Thank you. Of of who's doing what and who's providing what um some of it unspoken but i think you can't at least on a relationship side you have to be on the same level when it comes to that like your partner plays such a huge role in in how you behave how you act what you do and what you don't do when it comes to you know trying to be a man trying to be a provider that sort of thing yeah i mean i think communication can solve 95 percent of problems out there right it's we're just and it's a it's a it's a problem even I face of you know I like to over communicate just so that we're very clear of like what the situation is right especially getting a little bit older and you know when when looking at relationships you know you're, you're sort of looking for someone a little bit more serious you're you 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 have ba- more boundaries you have sort of non negotiables that you figured out you know what you want in a partner and you know sort of more about yourself so you're able to sort of find that partner that can sort of fill those gaps where you know, it becomes a nice yin and yang situation where I, t- I, I do this really well, she does this really well, and together, you know, 
we could be a power couple. We could build something together. And it's about, you know, her going after her dreams, me going after my dreams and helping each other both pursue our dreams. Isn't it, isn't it great when you have a relationship where your partner doesn't stump your ambition, doesn't look at it and treats it like it's toxic in and of itself? I think a lot of us have been in relationships where our ambition to grow and build something, whether it's career advancement, start a business, start a fashion line, whatever you name it, start this podcast. And, you know, you're with a person who wants to shut that down because A, perhaps they have their own insecurities or B, you know, that means less time with them. And I think that also leads to communication, you know, explaining that that part is important to you, that that's something that you want to be able to to pursue long term. Yeah, I think you need that, not even just necessarily in a partner, but like your f- close circle, your cl- close group of friends, whoever you confide into the most, because you need people to ride with you. Yeah. Right? Like you need the people that when you say, okay, I'm going to do this, that they'll be like, yeah, you got this. Opposed to be like, shh. You know? Like, yeah, absolutely. And that having those people around you, having that circle, people you can talk to, is what we, what we need. Right? And I think with what we're trying to do here is trying to focus more that on men and having men be able to talk to men because it's it's easy to spill your heart out to a woman right it's easy it's easy you know I could do it all day but like you know to a man especially if it's not especially if it's somebody not somebody close like you know like if it's not like a buddy one that I've known for 15 years I'm not gonna be like your last one I was crying because what fill in the blank doesn't really matter I'm not gonna say it right but a, post, well, a girl could be like midday I'm like oh, I'm so upset for something I'm so upset Right away, coffee. right away, yeah. the girls will just immediately like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah, exactly. Let's get together. Let me come over. Like, I'll send you Uber food. I'll, I'll whatever. They'll do anything just to like, okay, how do I make you feel better? And that becomes the main part of the day. And that was something that, you know, when we did the interview with Russell, we briefly touched on that about, you know, like a guy is more likely, if you and I are in a club, I'm more likely to go and fight for you than I am to tell you, hey, I'm in a really bad spot. Why am I so quick to aggression and so slow to say, you know, I'm struggling, you know, I might get laid off or I'm dealing with a bad relationship or whatever, you name it, you know, bad, bad red flags flaring up everywhere in my life and I can't figure things out. We need to do better as men to have those conversations. And I think that also starts with having the right group of men around you. If you don't have the right group of men around you, you can't have those conversations. You're going to have people who are, Toxic masculinity exists. There's no doubt about that. And there's a lot of men out there who you've known for a very long time, you've grown up with, have have had some of the best memories that you can think of. If someone said, what was your best party story? You think back and you're like, oh, it was with this guy and we did this thing. And But at the end of the day, that one person is the person you can't go to because they're more likely to party with you and fight with you than they are to console you when you're at your deepest, darkest moments. And having... You know, like over the last two years, for example, there had been some really, really dark times, especially being locked down, you know, not having your outlets, not having your distractions. And you have to, you have to face, a lot of men had to face their demons. I had to face my demons. Absolutely. I had to do a lot of soul searching. And I'm pretty confident in saying that there's a lot of men out there that had to do the same. And a lot of us didn't like what we saw in the mirror. A lot of us realized that we were either in unhappy relationships or we had jobs we hated, or we weren't where we wanted to be physically, emotionally, mentally. We felt stunted and sort of 
all of that stuff got stripped away from us. We couldn't watch sports. We couldn't go to the gym. Like, we couldn't go to a bar. We couldn't date. We couldn't go to a club. We had to sort of sit there and figure life out. And that's when we sort of came to the conclusion of, you know, maybe maybe we need to take, we need to change how we do things. And having the right group of men around you will help you get out of that corner. They'll call you out on your stuff. They'll tell you, hey, listen, you're better than this. And this is what you need to do. And at the same time, having them there will also, even just talking to them, firstly, is very therapeutic. But secondly, listening to them talk about their own troubles in and of itself is a lesson. Yeah. I think it, people say that a lot too, like give it to me straight or, you know, want that person in their life that's sort of doing that and, 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 and checking them and saying, you know what, you, you said this, but you didn't deliver on this and holding them accountable. But it's hard to hear, you know, it's hard to get criticism on yourself, right? And by default, we don't do that. You know, you're, you're, you look to your closest friends sometimes and like, you know, it's sort of like, I want you to give it to me straight. If I'm not behaving in accordance to my principles and my morals and my ethics, you got to let me know that, right? And we don't do that. We sort of dismiss it in general, I think, right? And a lot of people will say like, yeah, give it to me straight or this, but then they don't take it or then they get upset or then they take it as criticism and sort of it becomes challenging to bring it up again. Like if I went to you and said, you know, Samir, you told me you were going to do this and you didn't do it, man. Do it. And I kept saying that. You say, you know, back off at some point, right? <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's uh, it's just an interesting thing to observe because lately I've been having more of these conversations. And, you know, you and I have even been speaking more and, and, and the three of us have been speaking more about it. And, you know, sometimes you just need that one person, that support from that one person, whether male, female, whatever, to, to, to just believe in you, right? And that support sometimes is all you need to sort of get over that hump. The world might be against you, your family might be against you. The people that love you the most, trying to protect you, might be against you. But if that person that believes in you says, hey, if that's your passion, that's your dream, go after it. And I believe you can, right? Sometimes that's all it needs. And some amazing things have happened as a result of that, right? So how do you how do you curate those types of people? Because it's easy to say that, you know, when you have that kind of group around you. Like, I'm fortunate in saying that I have a solid group of men in my life that I can turn to when life gets tough when I need to be held accountable, when I don't know what I need to do. Um, you know, I can turn to a good four or five men who will pick up the phone when I call and say, I'm yours. My time is your time. Talk to me. But for men who don't have that or who who yearn for that and just can't find it, what what's the best way to go and, and seek that out? I think just trying because you never know you might have a buddy that you assume is all macho and doesn't want to talk about things until and he might you guys might be on the same page he might just be hey buddy spill your heart out to that person and see what they say because all and then the day too the main thing is getting it off your chest right so even if you spill it to that friend and now things are weird you still got it off your chest but that person might respond in a way you had no no idea and now you guys are so much closer right I've i've been on I have a friend, a buddy, a couple buddies of mine too. Like we'll go out and you know, f- friends for years, and then like you know, uh, the girl I'm talking to will meet the girl he's talking to, and then she's like, oh yeah, she'll she'll know 
more about this girl in like 25 minutes that they hung out than the four years that I've known this guy. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean he went through this? She's like, yeah, she was talking. I'm like, how? like you know, so it's, it's, it's sometimes it's just not, I guess, making that move, for, for example, for lack of better words, right? Like making the move and be like, hey, man, like I want to be able to have a real conversation with some substance. And you can't really ask that, but just to just be like, hey, like the other day I went through this and just go out. Just say it. And then his response will determine where it goes from there, right? And if he's just like, okay, cool, then say, okay, well, I can't talk to him about that. The next person, like, hey, man, call me. Right? Because I've had buddies come up to me and they just say something right away. I'm like, oh, call me, I got you, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, and then ask somebody, somebody for a favor and they tell you, yeah, I got you, whatever you need, before even explain to them what it is. Those are the kind of people you need around you. Opposed to be like, oh, what is it? What is it? Then they decide if they want to help you. Then, they, they, then it's fine. That's where the disconnect is. It's funny you say that. So I have a a really close friend who I consider a brother who, when I struggled initially to to open up about things that were, you know, hurting me inside, he didn't start by asking me, you know, what is it, what's going on, trying to coax it out of me. He started by telling me about his insecurities, about his struggles, about some of the hardships that he's facing in his relationship and whatnot. And as soon as he started talking, it put my mind at ease because I thought to myself immediately, okay, there's another person out there who feels the same way I do, or at least feels something that's not nice. And it immediately opened me up. Because I saw how vulnerable he was, it opened me up to be willing to have that conversation, to open up, you know, and be vulnerable and share that. And I know, Eamon, you and I have tons of conversations like that where you'll call me and, you know, something is, you know, upsetting or it's frustrating. And then, you know, we'll, we'll spend, what, an hour sometimes on the phone. And by the end of the call, it's like a fresher breath air. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't start off that way, no. right? So <laughs> sometimes, because it's just like a download. For me, it's like, I just got to get it out, right? Because yeah. if I don't get it out, I might never get it out. And it'll sit there. And I don't like things sitting in, you know, like we talked about earlier. Which is contrary to what a lot of men do, where they just bury it and they don't talk about it. Exactly. And they say, ah, it's not a good time. Or they got interrupted and they just sort of like let it go, right? For me, that's why I'm really like training myself to just get it out. Sometimes it comes out in a very raw, rough around the edges kind of way. And it's aggressive and it's, you know, and for me, a lot of time my intent and what the message I want to get across gets completely lost in the delivery a lot of the times and it it messes up a lot of things for me and that's something i'm really working on right now uh because you know it's not about my intent it's about how that person receives it if they're not receiving the message i'm trying to deliver then nobody wins right i'm losing they're losing and we're we're creating a a friction and an argument so just getting it out then sometimes you know i'll take a step back and that's where samir's really good he's calm he's you know, it, it, he he knows me a little bit now, so he doesn't. He, he says, "Okay, let's keep this going." You know what I mean? And then we sort of slow it down and hash it out. And then by the end of it, it is like, "Wow, you know, I'm glad we we stuck it out. Thank you for sticking it out." Because he could easily just say, "You know what? You know, we're done here. This is too much. Like, call me when you're more more chill or when you're ready to have a conversation, right?" Um, and that's real real stuff. And I think that happens with a lot of you know, friendships and things like that, where, especially amongst guys, where it's like, they just give up on it. It's like, oh, I tried, we got angry, we fought, and it didn't work out. So I'm, I'm better better to just keep it quiet next time and keep it in. And then sometimes we'll turn to that and say, 
oh, you know how it is. Guys will fight and then the next day they're fine type of thing. But in reality, that stuff lingers and it builds. And then the next time you guys argue, it continues to build and it lingers. And I think we need to do better, especially with our close guy friends, because really and truly outside of the handful that we have, it's not like we've got a lineup of close guy friends. I think we need to do more to nurture those relationships and water them to to watch them grow and, and blossom into real meaningful lifelong relationships. If you look at, you know, think of a relationship that you have with someone that you're very close to and then think about a relationship that you have with someone that's just sort of in passing. Now, can you imagine that relationship with the person that you're close to? And you can't, but it's kind of like what they say about relationships and marriages and all that. You can't just get into it and then assume that it's going to work itself out. You got to actually do the work. That work requires commitment it requires communication it requires discipline but it also has something to do with give and take like like you said amen there's times where if you approach me for example and it comes from an aggressive place i need to understand that you're coming from a place not because you're attacking me but because you just need to to let that out and then through consistency and so almost like repetition if you will you know your delivery changes and you now are better able to articulate yourself. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about the aspect of masculinity, or at least toxic masculinity, in sort of your workplaces, your career, that sort of thing. Because I find oftentimes ambition gets miscon- misconstrued as toxic. You know, if you're someone who wants to to build a career you want to go to the top you want to be the executive vp of so and so that you know everybody around you looks at you and says oh it's just another toxic person stay away from them they're a shark they're ambitious you know they're terrible people type of thing how does that affect you guys in particular when it comes to you know what you're trying to build what you're trying to do in your respective careers Matthew, you go first. <laughs> me, um, it doesn't. Is that I, because, hold on. So it, it doesn't. Is that because you don't care? No, because I don't let it affect me. Like I, I'm yeah. very much like I know. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna do what I'm going to do, regardless if you are help me out or with me or against me. And I sometimes you gotta realize sometimes with that person, it just could be them and their day, and ninety percent of the time has nothing to do with you. Right, for example, if you could hit somebody, in, you could be in the grocery store, hit somebody in the back of their cart, and they freak on you. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Yes, you hit them. Yes, you incorrect. Even, but them. Fre- They're like, already having a bad day. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. you really got to. For me, I sit back. I'm like, oh, it's got nothing to do with me. Misdirected anger. As well, like always in my head, I'm like, that's misdirected anger. Mm. Right. Because it's it's unless I I know I'm in the wrong and you know. But if it's okay, well, if you feel like you got to be that person all the time. Then, then who am I to say you're incorrect, right? We live in different worlds. In my world, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. In the same sense, when it comes to work, I'm always you're gonna talk to me like a human being, or don't talk to me at all. Like we're gonna, like we're gonna have a real conversation. I don't care who you are. There is no above or below for anybody, right? So if, if you're gonna sit there, I've been at work sometimes. People are like, oh, you're late. My response is hello. Like, you know, you can still say hi. Like, you know, I'm still a human being. Or it's like, you know, I work at a bar. Someone comes, like, I'll take a beer. I'm like, hello. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like once you, I think, and once, yeah, once you break it down into that and realize a person's a human, I find, like, a lot of times a simple, hello, how are you doing? But, like, 
realize that it's a real genuine how are you doing and if they just you know that they kind of breathe it's like because they realize it's it's again it's not you that coming from the last situation coming in hot from something else it's like okay this is not me then they realize it's it's something else and then you come down it's like okay hey i'm doing fine how are you doing then the same thing yeah sorry for being late or what beer what beer can i get you after that then everything kind of calms down it's funny it makes me think of a, a time a funny story where uh i was driving on a highway once and i, I didn't pay attention but i had accidentally turned off my lights because i've got automatic lights so if i just if i flick it by accident it immediately turns it off it's super sensitive and so i'm on the highway and this truck pulls up right next to me and he starts honking at me so he <laughs> he pulls up I, I i basically avoid him and i get onto the side street and everything and i navigate through and i finally get to a light and i'm just sitting there and i'm chilling and i'm thinking to myself okay we're good this crazy man is gone. it's over yeah it's over i should be fine and i kid you not I just I hear a knock, like a banging knock on my glass. And I look over and he's just standing there and he's already losing his mind. And he's just like pointing, like, lower the window, lower the window. And I stupidly lower the window. <laughs> and as I'm doing it, thinking to myself, why am I lowering the window? But I I don't know, part of me would just really want to know what this guy's going to say to me. And he just starts yelling, you know, I, I was trying to tell you that your lights are off, but instead you're flashing your high beams at me. What kind of a person are you? And things like this. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, this guy's having a really bad day, you know? What was going through your mind when he was knocking on the window? Were you I like, this guy's going to punch me in the face? I thought so, yeah. And you're okay, ready to take that? Like, No, okay? but I, w I, I was almost like, I, I wanted to know. But at the same time, I thought to myself, there's no way this guy literally, because I looked in the rear view as soon as I saw him, and I didn't see his truck. So I'm like, okay, this guy must have literally ran like through traffic at this point just to get to me. But how he even remembered what my car looked like at that point, this guy's he's got good memory. But was it a big dude? Average, average. Yeah. Nothing nothing too crazy. But enough that I was sitting vulnerable in my car. <laughs> and if you wanted to punch me, I'd have to take off my seatbelt, open the door. Oh you're yeah, you're in a <laughs> yeah, bad spot. I was, I was in, a in a bad, bad spot. spot. Yeah, I was very vulnerable. Um but I wanted to sort of just end off the this segment. Um firstly, gentlemen um, it's always important, I think, when we share these stories because, you know, Eamon, you and I were talking uh, a little bit off the record earlier about how it's important that we, we, we have these conversations because we don't know a lot of these things. We're sort of just figuring them out. Um, so with that being said, I wanted to, to get a, a sense from you guys. Why are you here? Why are you dedicating your time and efforts, you know, the, you know, reading up on the topic, thinking about stuff that's happened in your life, spending your time in the studio talking about these things. What does this mean to you? What does defining what it means to be a man in today's world mean to you individually? For me, I'm really happy to do this podcast. So this, it's the first one. I'm gonna, like, for me, like, I'm just happy to get this out. We've been talking for a long time, so I'm really, really excited to just be in this space mm. with people who are like-minded. Because I've, I've been on this, call it a journey for a few years now, and it's, I do it because every once in a while, a guy will message me on Instagram and be like, "Thank you," or like, "You know what? I really needed to hear that," or. Or that's 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 what I want to talk about, or that's something like you know, as in like they, not that they're making the step, but they're opening the door to the opportunity to possibly make that step, mm. and that is, 
like you, I feel like we just we just gotta make talking about shit cool. Like you know, like it's just not so frowned upon and not so soft, quote unquote. But just making like like just regular. Like it's okay to just sit there and just talk about emotions and things we're going through and things that were stressing us, things that we love, things that we don't like in a healthy way mm. and to really avoid and try to steer away from the, the rage and the anger. And really, that's really what it is. Like, a buddy of mine messaged me last night, actually, after we post, you just posted the, the, the Russell Peters interview. And he's like, thank you, man. He's like, it's like, that's, it's like, that's what I want to get to. And I have some couple buddies message me. Not even buddies, like guys I went to high school with. And they're like, after reading one of your articles, I, you know, I, I want to go talk to a therapist. Hmm. And if they did or didn't, I didn't follow up with them well, right away. But the point, step, like it's, it's, opening, it's opening the doors to having those conversations, opening the mind that it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. You don't have to sit there and feel like you're alone. Because I've, I've been there where I was, not even know I was alone, where I felt like I was absolutely alone. And it only takes being at that point and then you reach out to somebody and it feels so nice to have someone be like, yo, I got you. Like, I, like why, didn't you, and why didn't you come sooner? Mm. Why didn't you come earlier? And knowing that having that person or trying to, you never know what that person's going to be. You never know who's rooting for you, right? And I feel like doing this will help people realize that someone is out there rooting for you, even if you're not rooting for yourself. Oh, very valid point. Amen. Yeah, and uh, that's a that's a great point. And you never know who you're impacting to it, even if it's that just that one person, right? And for me, you know, again, this is something that, like, as we mature and as we get older, we start to realize it. We start to realize that moments with our friends become more limited. Moments where we're we're together and exchanging these thoughts, you know, especially like from from our culture. I used to like always when I was a kid, I was like, why does my dad like to go to these friends' places and drag me along and he sits on the couch and all they do is talk, right? Mm. And we're like bored running around. And I finally got it one day and I'm like to me that is a beautiful experience. If we meet up, for example, and we're I'm just not into the surface stuff anymore. I'm starting to f- realize that every moment is part. We might have like, you know, three meetups a year or mm-hmm. once every four years, right? You know, before. Yeah, we went, what, what was it, six years almost? You and I went before without talking? Haven't seen and each other, yeah. right? It doesn't change things. It d- like, you know, I read this quote from Jay Shetty, actually. It was mm-hmm. best friends talk three times a year. They don't take a photo together. And, the, you know, something like yeah, that. I and I was like, that. and it's yeah. sort of, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, yeah, we don't have to talk every day. We don't have to. But when we do get together, let's make it meaningful. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. How, how you doing? Where are you going? What's your dreams? Let me help you get to your dreams. Like, why aren't we talking about that more? Substance. Substance. Mm. Yeah, like, I don't care what you did last night or this and that. And, like, I'm so over that. I think, again, I don't know if I'm just getting to be an old man or what's going on here. But, <laughs> when it, like, it bothered me when someone's on their phone. I know, like, it's my business. My phone is my livelihood. So you can imagine that without my phone, I wouldn't, you know, mm. wouldn't be able to survive. But what, you know, what I've trained myself is when I'm with you, I'm with you. That moment is with you. If we schedule time... I, Honestly, the king of Saudi Arabia came in and gave me a billion dollars and said, I need to see you for coffee. I'm like, sorry, my time is with this guy. This guy is the most important person in my life that's impressive. at this moment, right? Because yeah. he's opted to give his attention to me, and that's valuable to me. And I, and I take that seriously. It might be sometimes a little too extreme, and, and, and you, know, I, you know what I mean? It might sound like it's, it's not true, but I really value it. And I think that mm-hmm. if we can 
sort of have those guiding principles. And I'm really starting to focus more on principles and like we were talking about, you know, non-negotiables and people's energy. Like I don't want to be around people with bad energy or negative or complaining. I'm mm. like, if you are living in Canada and you're, at, you know, middle class and above, you, you just go change your, change it, right? Go change it. Don't complain about it. You have the means to change it, right? So, I mean, a long-winded way to say basically, I'm really excited about this too. It's been a long time coming and, and it is a lot of guys might not have that outlet, right? If so, if we're that outlet or they could reach out to one of us or all of us or, or, or just see us sharing very vulnerable and making that cool. Like you said, like, you know, when we're young, no way we're talking about this because it's just not cool to, to, to talk about this or crying or showing emotion, you know, but now if we can make that cool and exchanging value and just becoming if we're all becoming better and more focused on taking care of each other and taking care of our community and just contributing more, I think that's how we sort of evolve and the impact becomes greater as a community, right? So I, I think it's an ambitious feat, but I think if we can sort of give guys permission to just, you know, let them feel and talk you know, as as they as as natural as it can be, right? Because you know, it's not bad. Like when people say, oh, you're, oh, if you're not feeling great, you're sad. It's not a bad thing that you're sad. You're sad. It's just, it's, it's, what right, it is. it's an emotion. It's emotion yeah. that we're supposed to feel. You're not mm -hmm. going to be happy all the time. That's you can't like, be happy you all the can't. time. You should be sad. You should be angry at times. You should be, you know, depressed, anxious. All these things are normal human emotions. Mm -hmm. They're not bad and they're not good. It's all these labels that, oh, you know, he's sad. He's got, he's got something. He's depressed. Or he's got something. Let's put him on a pill. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. To me, it's just hopefully what we can do is create a, a community, a tribe, you know, help just that one person, right? Uh, impact, you know, hopefully hundreds and thousands of, of, of men and women out there. But really, it's just a matter of, you know, creating that safe space for, for these conversations and taking it more seriously, right? Absolutely. Sorry, on top of that, another thing, everybody who I've who've commented on what I'm doing and the path that I'm taking, it's always, we need it. Women say it, men say it, old, mm -hmm. young, it's like, it's needed. It's, it's, obviously we're not the only people, but it's, it's, like I said, it needs to be talked about because it's just so much to unpack there. And hopefully us unpacking our shit will help, and I guess unpacking our shit will help people realize it's, like, that you need to unpack your shit. Yeah. Because same thing when you like when you go on vacation, like you need to unpack. It just fucking sits there, and you're just like fuck, right? And it's just like getting to be able to just same thing we talked about earlier, gets it off your chest, and being able to just so you don't have to sit and in your own stuff. And, and like it's, it's it so hard and it's so heavy, just constantly just being upset over Plays stuff that down. matters. And you realize that now, like I've been upset over something that something happened last week, and it's like why are you so upset? Because you haven't dealt with it. Because you don't know how to deal with it. Because you don't. A lot of men don't know how to. Because deal with we haven't we haven't grown up and and been trained. Been mm. you know that's what I was saying was nurture. We haven't been trained to deal with these things. Opposed to women that are usually, you know, talk about your feelings, talk about this, talk about this. Or you're just trying to do it on your own. Like you feel yeah. feel the need to do it on your own, and sometimes you're like, why was I holding on to that so long? And you you ask a buddy and you get his perspective, and and they're like, wow, that's that's genius. You know, why didn't I think about that? Like it's, it's that so much easier. Like you're just relaxed. It's so right? much easier when you realize you're not by yourself. Yeah, well, great stuff. Um, what about you? Are you gonna share your thoughts? <laughs> well, if on the that? king of Saudi Arabia wants to give me a billion dollars <laughs> to, to have coffee with him, then I might have to cancel on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, this is so. 
Jen's talk, Jen's post, the whole ethos of the publication and this podcast of sort of understanding what it means to be a man in today's society, our ethos of redefining masculinity for the modern gentleman makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but it also resonates with a lot of people. Like you said, Matthew, the, the response is often, yes, we need that. It's so refreshing to across the board. Across I haven't met a single that. person who's like, "That's stupid, guys." There's no reason you guys should be doing that. Exactly. No, everyone's just like, even the macho is manly guys. Like, yeah, I need it. not for me. One hundred percent. You know, yeah. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know some guys that would like it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, which is that? But like the same thing. But it's like it's needed, as you're saying. Absolutely. I've I've talked to guys like you said who fit that description of you know like the old school macho mentality who you know you would never think would open up to something like this, and after just half an hour, not even five minutes of talking to them about you know what we want to do here the types of conversations we want to open up for men and the response immediately you just see them like you see their shoulders just like relax a little and they go you know what this is man i wish i had something like this i wish i had someone to talk to yeah and that's a good point the whole like it's a big feat redefining masculinity right right, to me and i just sorry to cut you off i just wanted to add Mm -hmm. like for me personally it's like there's a perception around you know, for me, a male Arab man, mm. right? A male Arab Muslim man, right? There's perception around that. I want to change the perception around that, right? That just There's a lot com- of negative connotation. Com- lots that, of negativity yeah. around that, right? It, even when I'm talking, right away, you know, there's perception. You walk into a room, there's perception. I'm sure you faced it and you face it right away. Mm. And then they get to know you. Oh, oh, he's got three sisters. Okay, so that brings him down. That You know what I mean? You almost have to start explaining or giving out reasons for them to... Yeah, the exactly. Way oh, he's nice. Yeah. Oh, he, sh- he he said hi to that person. Oh, I know so that person. Be, yeah. yeah, so yeah. They, he's now they're vouching. Now, oh my God, he, you know, within three seconds or five minutes or whatever it was, it's like, okay, the perception has changed, right? Mm. So, you know, imagine doing that on a larger scale and, 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 and changing people's mind of like, you know what, maybe I don't judge people based on how they look or how they are perceived to behave or or animated or colorful walking with this floral shirt. What, who does he think he is? You know I, I think I am the man with this floral shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the last time. that's the last time I'll bring that. <laughs> no, well, but it's, like, it's like changing the narrative. Really, what it is. It's always changing the narrative on so many levels. And I like that you can come from your perspective. I'm coming from, you know, I'm a black man. And that is it. Like, no, nobody can tell me anything different. And so my views is coming from me. And yours is coming from you, which is... What we have in common is men, but we also vary very differently because our cultures are different, our religions are different, right? But some of the same core things we still deal with. Still resonate with, yes. 100%. Gentlemen, this was a pleasure. Thank you for for sharing your stories um, and your anecdotes. Uh, For those watching and for those listening, um, your support goes a very, very long way. So be sure to to like follow subscribe comment you name it anything and everything share it please if you know that there are gents out there that you know need to hear this and maybe this helps them um open up a little more then if this is their way of taking that first step then that's already an accomplishment for us so uh with that being said thank you very much for listening to the gents talk pod and uh we'll be back with you shortly thank you